how, where do we even start? Like, huh. And I feel a little bit like that, which is okay. Um, it's not a bad thing, honestly. It's just, it's just how life goes sometimes, you know. Um, I've been through plenty of challenging seasons, and, um, and I just keep going through them. Right on through them. And I don't stop. <laughs> just keep going. Just don't quit. So, um, really, I don't, there's so many things we can share about our life and our journey that we've been on. And so sometimes it's hard to do it all in one spot because it would just take a long time to go through all the stories and details. And so this is actually one, I don't share it a lot as a message, but um, it, it really is like a dear, a near and dear thing to my heart. Kind of just this message of what you see on the screen, abide, hide, and ride. And so it takes me back to 2019 uh, when there was a, something like COVID before COVID was a COVID thing. And, uh, and Lori got sick. It was, um, I think it was August. Like Lori got sick and like we had like just somebody sick in our house, like literally all the way from August through January of 2020. And it was just like, it just wouldn't let go. It was like, some sick thing was gripping us and you know she ended up having sinus surgery because she was sick so much she lost her smell like all this again this is all 2019 uh, but in that challenging season because she would I mean she really like I don't want to tell her story but it was just like I mean she was just like holding on for dear life she felt like she was going to die like a couple of the times when she was really sick and and nobody could figure out what it was. You know, it was one of those mystery things. So uh, we actually, in that season, really just both of us, and kind of separately, but we both ended up really just digging into John chapter 15, just like abiding in Jesus. Like, what is that? Like, what does it mean? What does it look like? How do we do that? Like, all of that kind of stuff. So literally, you know, I don't know why I do this, but just through different seasons of life, like, I just read John chapter 15 probably almost every day for months. It was just like, okay, just I have to get this deeper than just surface level, you know? And so we were just like holding on to that kind of concept of abiding in that season. And I knew, like, I had kind of looked at stuff with whatever they called it, coronavirus, before it was COVID 19, uh, and because I, I worked in a medical job then. And uh, so I kind of saw it coming. Like I was reading about it, I think, in December, early January of that season. And I was like, man, this is really weird. Like this is kind of a crazy thing. I, I kind of was like, we should get ready for this just in case. And, you know, I was just praying about what to do. And I, I, we got a tax return that year. And, and I really, like, I wanted to pay off my debt and be debt free. So I didn't have a lot of debt left at that point, except the house. But... I really felt like the Lord was like, don't do that. Just save it. Just put it away in the bank. You're going to need it. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, like <laughs> I try to, anytime I feel the Lord speaks to me, I'm just like, okay. I have no idea why you're telling me this, but yeah. Like, yes, I'm just, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to just say, I accept what I feel like you're saying. And hopefully you'll help me figure out what you mean later. You know, that's a typical response from me. Um, so we were uh, in that season, just like this, like I saw this thing coming and I thought it was possibly going to be weird or ugly and, and, and she was sick and we were just like, what are we doing with our lives? Kind of, you know, we end up there a lot for some reason. But we were doing a 24-hour prayer and worship gathering with some friends up in Belfouche on February, I think it was 21st of 2020. And that, so we typically, I don't know why, we just always kind of latched onto the 10 to midnight sets. We kind of like that time. It worked for us. We were kind of night owls as a family, and so we like to stay up and party into the night worshiping Jesus kind of party. And uh, so we, we did a set in Belfouche with this group, and uh, the 22nd, if you guys like numbers, it was 222 of 2020. Um, we were driving home, it was probably like 1.30 in the morning. You know, we hung out a little bit before we left. And we're listening to this song called We Will Ride by the Circuit Riders. It's a good song, check it out if you want to some other time. 
if I hear it playing during the service, I'm going to come walk up to you. Um, we will ride through the night with fire in our eyes. We will walk the unpaved roads. We will go where you go. Uh, one of the lines of the song says, to the hardest and the darkest we must go for the power of your gospel, the whole world will know. So, you know, that's kind of the message of that song. But we were, we were listening to that song and jamming out at 1.30 in the morning because you get a little silly when it's late at night. And like, I mean, I'm telling you like, boom, like God, something hit me in the chest. God's like, I want you to do a monumental worship event. And I was like, okay. What is that? <laughs> I don't know what you mean, but yes. And so, you know, like, I mean, it, it was one of those thumps. Like, wow, um, that, was, that was God. And I knew it in the, in the moment, but again, I just like, I'm just trying to say yes, and I don't know what that means. And so I was like calling Mount Rushmore. I'm like, how do we set up an event at Mount Rushmore and do like something really big and cool? And, you know, COVID came along and Serenity had our daughter, um, that she's four now, if you don't know her, she's had several surgeries. She just had a surgery in that season. And so, I mean, we were just going through wild stuff still in the midst of this. And, and I'm like, I don't really get it. COVID comes along. I can't really do anything. Everything shuts down. So I go to my prayer closet because that's really a good place. Have you guys ever, do you guys have a prayer? Like, I actually had a closet that I prayed in. It was glorious. And now when I rent Airbnbs when I travel, I look for Airbnbs with walk-in closets because... There's something very special about praying in a closet, and I don't know why. So I'm in the prayer closet, and again, it's like, okay, this thing just, abide, hide, ride. And I'm like, Lord, what does that mean? Like, I, I mean, like, this is literally like the end of March 2020, beginning of April, maybe, everything's shutting down, the world has gone mad, we don't know who's telling the truth anymore about anything, and, and you're telling me, because I got part of it, I was like, you're telling me you're going to send me out, you know, I'm like, what, <laughs> like, because it goes back to this song for me, like, we will ride, like, it's about the circuit riders, the people in the Great Awakenings that got on horses and rode around to different congregations and, you know, shared the gospel. And I'm like, you're, you're going you're gonna, to, like, okay. I'm like, okay, help me figure that out. Um, so I'm going to just shift gears here shortly because I want to read John chapter 15 because this is such a key scripture to just grasping, I think, what you're going through, what I'm going through what I went through then, what I'm going to go through again, because um, I don't know if you guys are disciples of Jesus. I hope so. <laughs> I, hope, I mean, I, I make a distinction here. Like, I, I think it's easy to call ourselves Christians in, in this, in this uh, current culture of, of America, in a sense. It's, it's like, I'm a Christian. Everybody says that. Not everybody does anymore, but it's still okay to say that. But, you know, really, like, when people were called Christians, somebody else called them a Christian because they were like Christ. It was like, I see Christ in you so much that I think you're a Christian. It wasn't something that people said about themselves. It was what people looked at others, people who were disciples of Jesus who actually followed him and did what he did. They were like, wow, you're just like Christ. You're a Christian. You know, it wasn't just something like, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I can do whatever I want, but I'm a Christian, you know, that's, it wasn't like that. So when I say, are you a disciple of Jesus, I'm talking about something a little bit deeper. Are you, have you actually left your previous identity behind to become a student of Jesus Christ, to do what he did the way he did it? Not your own thing, not your way, not your time, not your life, right? Because it's so easy to just take this one step of faith and say, I want to get saved because I don't want to go to hell. It's a whole nother thing to like keep walking and go where he leads you to go, which is not easy. Good, it's good. It's actually better. It's wonderful. It's glorious. 
It's hard. Okay, John chapter 15. 1 through 17, I'm going to read the whole thing. I hope I have time. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Wow. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give to you. This I command you, that you love one another. Hoo-wee. How'd you like to read that every day for six months? It'll do you some good. So what we really learned about this verse in this season was that you always have to abide in Jesus. Like, there's no season where you don't do that. Every season of your life. Good, bad, ugly, up, down, turn around, touch the ground, praise my Lord. Doesn't matter. You just abide in Jesus. Like, you have to recognize that Jesus himself is the source. He is the vine. We're the branches. So all of the things that give us life as branches come from Jesus and if we're not connected to Jesus, we're not going to have life. It isn't, if we're not connected to Jesus, we're not going to have growth. If we're not connected to Jesus, we're not going to bear fruit. So if you look at your life and you wonder, like, why aren't things growing and going the way that I think they should because uh, I call myself a Christian, you have to look at your connection to Jesus. Am I really receiving life in that flow from the vine. Because that's the only way we'll ever actually do what he's asking us to do. And it's the only way we'll, as Christians we'll ever actually see God answer the prayers that we pray. We might stumble on it every, every now and then accidentally. Oops, I prayed about that and wow, God answered my prayer. Weird. That was, like, that was the exception and not normal. Like, this should be normal. Normal disciples of Jesus should pray according to the Father's will because they abide in Jesus and through him they know the Father's will and every prayer they pray gets answered. Whoa. <laughs> Pick me. Pick me. Oh, look at me jump. Wow. I might just join my buddy's dance team over here, right? Come on, Jim. Come on. Oh, yeah, I miss seeing you dance up here a little bit, right? Ooh, okay, I told him I might join it if I was around, but... Whew. Ah, man, I'm out of breath now. I'm 45 years old and 
No, I'm just kidding. I am 45. Wow. So, yeah, I had to lighten something up. You guys look like you were mad a little bit there for a second. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. You kind of just were like... Well, okay. No, really, following Jesus, it, it should be the, the very thing that gives us life. Now... There's a little more to this story. The father is the vine dresser. So it isn't even Jesus. Our job is really just to stay connected to Jesus. But the father comes along and he looks at our lives and he's like, snip, that needs to go. He comes over here and he looks at our life and he's like, snip, that needs to go. Right? I mean, sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's bad stuff. Sometimes there's unhealthy foliage. Right? And we got to get rid of it. It's junk. It's garbage. But sometimes there's just stuff that's just stuff. It's not really good or bad. It's just stuff. But it consumes us. We get all wrapped up in stuff. And it's not really fruit. And the Father, can, he can come down and he can be like, you're not actually doing what I want you to do here. You've got a lot of stuff on your plate, and it's not the stuff I told you about doing. It's the stuff you thought looked good or you wanted to do or you were striving after in your flesh, trying to accomplish something in the spirit through works of the flesh. It doesn't work. Snip. I, I literally, Lori and I, in this last season of Abide, Hide, Ride, we, we, literally, we knew we were going to have to have a pruning session with the Lord. And we wrote everything out on sticky notes. I'm still doing sticky notes. I mean, like, all the good stuff, all the bad stuff, all the ministry stuff, all the work stuff. I mean, we just had, like, and I looked at it, and I was like, man, what do I get to pick? And I, and I had to stop and be like, I don't get to pick. That's not my job. Okay. <laughs> Lord, what do you want? How do I step back from all the busyness of my life, all of the different directions I could go, all the different things I could do? How do I just surrender that and let you pick? So, I'll just, let, I'll just let you decide for yourself because I'm telling you my story. The word hide really just struck me um, because initially I didn't really, I didn't fully understand it. But I knew, I understood it in the moment because I was like, okay, like let's just, I kind of had like this, the picture of like, a big dust storm rolling in and I'm like somebody's like throwing a blanket over themselves and just kind of putting their face down to the ground letting the storm blow over then you get up and you go so that was kind of where we were at with with um with our lives in that season of the pandemic and lockdowns and so it took a whole April May June for God to be like okay go so what we did, though, in that season, I knew we needed to just, just hide for a moment, hide ourselves in him. We hide ourselves in his tent. We surround ourselves while we're hiding with songs of deliverance. So we actually, as a family, we just like tucked down into our basement at home, and we were like, let's just go for this. We fasted, we prayed, we, we went after worshiping together as a family because we weren't leaving our house. You know, it was just like, what do we do? We just dig deep. Let's just go deep in this together. And, and three months later, God's like, I'm going to send you out. We did a five-state traveling worship tour in July of 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, because why? Because God said go. I'm like, okay, doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going, I'm listening, I'm obeying. And, and so what I've figured out over a little bit of time is that often we have these seasons of pruning, 
of consecration, like we, we, whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. Because you're not in charge. <laughs> this is normal. I just want to just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my foot down here. This is normal if you're a disciple of Jesus. That you are going to go through these seasons of pruning and growth. Of bearing fruit that gets harvested. Going back to nothing. And starting all over and growing, and being pruned, and bearing fruit. It's a seasonal thing. It's going to happen, and that's okay. It's just okay. Like, our, I would love it if my life was so solid that 100% of the time I was in constant state of bearing fruit. Now, I'm not saying that's impossible, because I think Jesus probably walked that out in his own way, but we are never going to get there if we're not actually allowing the Father to do the pruning that he needs to do. If we pull away, if we fight, if we don't want to cooperate, like if we're, if we're just trying to do our thing and not actually stay connected to the life flow of Jesus. We're going to have this big, long vine with all these nice leaves and no fruit. I've got all my traditions. I've got all the works of my flesh. Look at the things that I've done. No fruit. I thought I was alive. I thought I was doing all the right stuff. No fruit. You can't get the fruit if you don't get pruned. And if you don't stay connected to Jesus, when you do get pruned, your heart goes off into weird places, unhealthy places. You have to stay connected to Jesus to be your source of life. So when the pruning comes, you're like, yes. I get it. I'm in. It's not my will, Father. It's your will. I see what you're up to, and I am in. So, most of you probably know this story a little bit with us. We, uh, I, I lost my job in that season. I, didn't, I haven't actually worked a normal job since March of 2020. And uh, the Lord has provided well, not always the way I wanted him to, nor in the timing I wanted him to, but he has taken care of our family because we've gone back to this prayer closet and said, well, what do you really want? What are you looking for? Help me give you what you're looking for. Like, I want to do it. I want to get this right. But you just have to make it clear enough for a dull person like me to figure it out. Because my answer is yes. My heart Unconditional, yes. I give it to you. I'll do it. What is it? Like, help me figure that out. So, you want to come on up here? You can. Yeah, there's a microphone here. It might be on. I had one for you. All right. We're going to go through a few pictures here. Um, and I can't do that without Lori, but... Um, is there anybody here that didn't hear Lori's dream? There's a few people. I might just tell it real quick. So July of 2021, we sat down in the morning because we were in a desperate position. And we were like striving. Like nothing was working. Things We were doing all sorts of stuff. Like, I mean, we had actually just done the Hills Live Prayer Tent, which actually went pretty well. I mean, I was doing some business stuff. She was doing business stuff. We were just like trying to do all of these things to figure out what to do because I'd lost my job and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm painting houses and she's doing balloon decorating and blah, 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 blah. Like, I mean, we were all over the place and yet no money was coming in that month. And so we have like, again, this like crisis moment of like, I've worked as much as I could possibly physically work and I have nothing to show for it, like help God, what do I do? And so we sat down on a Tuesday morning and we were like, God, 
give us a blueprint dream. And I, I don't even know if I believed he would. <laughs> but fortunately, I must have been connected to Jesus enough to be abiding in him. And that was actually what he wanted me to pray. And so I prayed it. Lori prayed it. And that night she had a dream. So now I see in the middle of the night, of course, I'm sleeping. Map of the United States. I like an atlas. It's kind of like the brownish, tannish kind, the old-fashioned atlases. And uh, I saw dots. But before I go on, I don't know what this is. I didn't know it was an atlas. I, it's like a riddle. I'm watching these things pop up before me. So I see dots come out. I see the roads and the interstates and the highways like you'd see on a map. And then all of a sudden, I see stars pop out. But the first star I saw was... Uh, out of the center of South Dakota, so in Pier. I saw the star for Pier. And then I looked up to the Pacific Northwest and I saw stars pop out of Washington and Idaho and Oregon and they kind of toggle as my mind went down this way. And then about halfway back to the middle of the United States, I went, oh, these are the state capitals. It was like light bulb went off in my, my dream. And I said, honey, we're supposed to go worship at every state capital in the United States. It's monumental worship. And then I stopped and I said, but why, Lord? Everyone's going to the state capitals these days. <laughs> Which is funny because that's my personality. I'm like, huh? Okay. But then the Lord she says. She still says that. I do. <laughs> A lot of people go to the state capitals and worship and pray, just so you know. Um, so anyways, um, okay, we found my spot. But why, Lord? Everyone's going to the state capitals these days. And he said, because you bring revival fire everywhere you sing and play. Our family, our family bring revival. And that was the same phrase. I knew it was our family, not just me, because we, nine months before, I'd had a dream. We were all about to go up on the platform and worship somewhere. And um, they were tweaking our microphones, that kind of sound check stuff. And then I heard, before we were cued to go on, you bring revival fire everywhere you sing and play. So when I got the message in the dream, I knew it, meant it was our family. Um, that's the basics. Some other things happened in the dream, but. Uh, yeah, I just want to say, like, it's funny. We're, we're 11 states in now. And I don't really feel like I bring revival fire everywhere I sing and play. You know, just like this, the human side of just real life stuff. Like, I, I hear that and I'm still, and I'm like, really? Like, you know, I can get that Moses moment where I'm like, God, why did you pick me? Like, you could have picked better people. Like, I'm really not that good at what I do. Like, I just like, and then I just have to be like, stop, Chris. Just Moses. Stop. Like, seriously, like, couldn't you have picked some? My brother speaks better than, like, I mean, you, we, have, we have a lot of reasons we could have said no. A lot. I have a lot of kids. I have a lot of mouths to feed. We have I had a kid, like, in the middle of this season, multiple surgeries. Like, I lost my job. I, I mean, we could have done so many different things. But the choices we made were like, okay, this is hard and I don't know what to do. And here, here I am in the prayer closet, sometimes literally crying, help me, God. Show me what the right thing is. I don't want to move forward unless I actually hear you and get stubborn in that place, like a holy kind of stubbornness, like I won't let go until you bless me kind of stubbornness. Because I think all too often, we just get content just like, Walking into that place, saying a quick prayer, and leaving and doing our own thing. Because that's just how we do life. I mean, I did life like that for a long time. It didn't work very well, honestly. So, just being real here, because we're friends, family, right? I just said yes. Let's go. Let's do this, right? You want to? said yes, too, right away. And we put our house up on the market, like... A week later, was it? Yeah. A week later, house went on the market. We, we, we sold it. But then I have to say, I did struggle. <laughs> I wasn't perfect in my yes, okay? So I did struggle, and I... The house got pruned. <laughs> it was hard. It was a hard thing, but... It was a real thing. Real, it is. It's real. Like, life on the road is kind of a struggle. You can go to the next picture if we're ready. Boom. First picture. There it is. So... You guys see if I stand here? It took a few months. Yeah. I don't, are we in the way? Okay. okay. It took a few months, but uh, we, we had no idea what we're doing. 
never done this kind of thing before. Uh, let's figure this out. So we prayed about it. I had a I had a dream about being the governor of South Dakota. It was a great dream for about a half a second when we got to live in the governor's mansion and my kids all screamed hooray. And anyway, we decided to, to join uh, a 24-hour prayer gathering in Pier that our friends do. And so January 7th of 2022 this year, we went to the state capitol in Pier. It was like super overwhelming. It was like driving up like... What, what are we, are we doing? doing? <laughs> like, this is where people work. Yeah. This is a government building. Like, what are we doing in this space doing this here? But it was really amazing because we really, like, I think all of us that were there, uh, just maybe 50 people or whatever, you know, it was actually really free. The spiritual atmosphere in our state capital is actually quite free and open. It was amazing. Uh, really great experience. And, and God kind of, in my dream, showed us how to do this. So, like, when we filled out, I didn't even know you're supposed to fill out an application to go to the Capitol. So we did that. We, but in my dream, it was like a stealth mission. Like you go in, you do your job, and you get out. It wasn't an advertised thing. That does not matter. It was because we're going there. Because worship shifts the atmosphere. So we're going there to praise and worship, and the atmosphere begins to shift in these places we go. So that's how we knew the blueprint plan also to go into these capitals. So we ask usually for noon to one during the lunch hours legislators are supposed to be on their lunch breaks and we find that you get approved a little better when you are doing it like that so go to the next slide so this is colorado that was not on our radar at all just had no idea that that was coming uh we had both felt after pier that we we were going to do a ministry event with friends we walked into that we both felt like we shouldn't make any decisions until we got there in huron at our friend's church and, and so we didn't, we didn't make any decisions. We're just like, okay, let's just show up and see what happens. And we were like, oh my goodness. Like, I just couldn't let go of God thumping in my heart, spend a month in Colorado. And I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Like I had to spend $4,000 on an Airbnb and that was all the money I had. And I'm like, for what? I had one church service lined up and like some doctor appointment, a, a doctor appointment for my daughter. And I just was like, okay, (laughs) let's just do this. I don't, it doesn't make any sense at all. And we got there and like five or six church services opened up and the people we stayed at the Airbnb ended up letting us do some services in their barn meetings on Friday nights. Like the Capitol building opened up. Like it was like, I could have so easily missed this step of faith and saying yes. It just so could have it wouldn't have been hard to just been like, nah, I'm just going to move on. And like a whole month worth of God doing miraculous things happened in Colorado. Like it was I wish amazing. we could share them all with you guys. Are we going too long? Are you guys okay? You think you're still with us? We're just going to, okay. yeah, we're going to go but, through pictures real quick. Real quick. That was the, the month that Barack was given his Nord oh, yeah. where we were given money to buy justice a drum set, his drums that was falling apart. That was the month where God provided so many things in that season where we started with just a tiny bit and just went there. And they said, nobody can get into the Capitol building. You can't do it. It's too, too dark. dark. It's too dark. It won't work. And this is the Capitol. This is such a neat story, so I'm going to pause here real quick. But this is the Capitol that the music and the sound was going through the legislators' earbuds. So they're in legislative session right now in Denver. And this is the place they say it's too dark. Can't go there. Even other well-known ministries don't go there anymore because of it being so dark. So we're just like... Lord, we know you can light the darkness up. And so we're singing, worshiping, and then somebody said to us that the legislators' earbuds were playing the worship in their ears so they would be doing their work at the same time that they're listening. But somebody didn't like it. Usually about 45 minutes in, we get a little resistance. Usually probably the enemy's feathers get ruffled, I like to say. And so then somebody came and tried to say, we told you, you couldn't be here with amplification. But we did all our, you know, cross our T's and dot our I's. We were perfectly approved to be there with amplification, but they didn't like, the enemy didn't like it. So something shifted in the atmosphere there. Even though we don't see the outward of what's happening in Denver, I know God has done something there that's shifting in that space. And it encouraged so many people. Legislators were coming down the stairs going, thank you, thank you. The cleaning janitor people were like, thank you for coming. Like it, it is wanted. There is a space for that in, in here. So We heard a, a word in that month in February of 2022, this year that Chuck Pierce gave. That, uh, we, we were in Colorado when we heard it, and, but it, he had given it, I think, in September of 2021, kind of while we were on our journey to sell our house and doing a lot of pruning. 
that there was going to be a war over worship in state houses in the coming year. And we were like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing. Like, this is crazy. Like, I, you know, I have no idea. Like, I'm like, wow, like, that's apparently, no like, idea. you know, it's just like, I'm just trying to say yes and get, like, my little steps of faith right. And, like, God's got this big thing going on behind the scenes in our nation that is bigger, way bigger than just what we're doing. And we know that. We knew that from the beginning. But we're still a part of that. And we're a puzzle piece that we don't want to not be in the puzzle when it's all said and done. And so are you guys. Yeah. Next picture. So this is... In, sorry about my weird face there. Uh, <laughs> this is inside the Capitol building in Washington State. So we kind of tried then to follow Lori's dream a little bit, went up to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we were told we could get into the Capitol building like literally four days before that event happened. I just kept knocking on the door and they kept saying no and they, I just kept not, I just wouldn't stop. And so eventually like when we were actually in Washington, they're like, oh, they've eased the restrictions and you can come in now. And, uh, and so we were like, yes, let's do it. We'll go for it. So we and went. And that was like my dream too. Like I, in my dream, it was, a, I was calling people along the way. Okay, we're heading to this capital. Meet us there. It was literally on the way. We will, so that's exactly how this goes. You can do on the, the way. next slide. So the next one, um, yep, that's us outside of the Capitol building in Washington. The next day you can do the next slide again. Um, there was, was a bunch of Koreans came that were traveling to America that were connected with like Billy Graham Crusades back in the day and they were coming to pray and bless America and they just happened to be coming at the time we did this event so all those people with the umbrellas were <laughs> so cute group. they all just whipped out their umbrellas like, boom it was very special uh, so after this um, I'm going to tell this short story as short as I possibly can after this event this was outside this, this, on the steps of Washington State a lady came up to me and after and prayed over our family and she's like, is it okay if I pray over your family? And she's just praying, you know, like sometimes those prayers that kind of turn into prophetic things and she, but she was praying and she's like, and I feel like you're the kind of family that's going to prevail with the Lord. And so, you know, it was like a reference to Jacob wrestling and prevailing and getting the blessing and getting his hip struck. And I was like, it just, like, it stuck out to me. And so I, that, that was Saturday. And so the next day, Sunday, I was just, like, in this real deep prayer place. You know, some of you heard this story. It's on our website. If you want to go to monumentofworship.com, I'm going to tell you the very abbreviated version. Like, I'm praying through Genesis 32, this prayer of, like, God, do you still strike people's hips and change their names and do these things? And, like, is that, like... What was Jacob looking for? Because obviously he didn't just want money. He was already blessed, but he was looking for a different kind of blessing, the kind of blessing that's like that his very destiny was spoken out of God's mouth over his life and changed him so that he could actually do and be what God made him to do and be. And, and that's the kind of blessing that he was like, he, he needed to change from being a deceiver and trying to manipulate situations to to try and force God's will through his terms and, and to be changed and to let God's words be spoken over his life so that he could actually, from heaven, have this release of his purpose. Like, that's the kind of blessing he was after. So the next day, I was up on a rock at the tide pools in Olympic National Park holding my sweet daughter Serenity and my foot started to slide down the rock. It was a sort of rainy day and I was feeling like I was going to do the splits and when you're 45, you just don't really want to do the splits. Like, like this is getting awkward and my foot hit something and like my, it was weird. It was like my whole body just slammed down on a rock, broke my hip. Uh, right away, I'm, I'm holding my daughter. We tumbled down 20 feet Landed in a tide pool. I'm screaming from the top, watching. It was pretty. It was, very it was pretty, pretty crazy. But not, you know, bad. Um, my just instinctually, I, I was like tumbling with my daughter, and I kind of wrapped my arms around her and tucked my head down over her, um, and you know, was just trying to keep her alive through that. And I had, I knew I'd already broken my leg, so it was like I had no real control over that part of my body. Um, yeah, I kept, I kept thinking. That surely he's going to catch himself. Chris always catches himself, you know, and I'm screaming and I see this little like 
there's like a rock and then there's a dip kind of where I thought, well, surely that'll catch him in between this next rock. But instead it just bounced and he bounced again and I could see him tumbling over the top of Serenity and I'd see her head and I'd see his head and her head and rolling and just falling. And then I couldn't see them anymore. Yeah, so um, maybe the next slide. That's where I was uh, when I landed in the water of sort of in between some of those rocks um, on the side closer to us. So like the bottom left, bottom right, sorry. Uh, that pool of water is what I ended up landing in. And I got a helicopter right off the beach. I don't know, you could probably... It's such a long story. God sent a whole... You could go to the next slide. God sent a whole bunch of people to help rescue me because it was such a precarious situation. Can I like, share a little bit about that? Yeah, you can, carry, you can share. I don't want to make you guys too long, but this is really, really good stuff. Are we, are we okay? Just raise your hand if you're like, no, this is too long. I don't want to hear it. Okay. So <laughs> I have to say, when we were up there, I was just, I felt like the Lord put on my, kept saying to my heart, take pictures of this. And I would argue with myself going, oh, this is really morbid. Why am I doing this? I'm crying out for my husband. But I just felt like I was supposed to document it. Because there's a miracle here. Because nobody else, we were about a mile and a half from our car. You, our, the parking lot's here. You hike down. You go over the beach all the way to the tide pool area. So it takes a while to get back to the vehicle. And nobody could get reception out there. Except a Jewish family. And I think that's prophetic. A Jewish family was able to get reception to call somebody to help. Okay? So they know they're going to dis put life light on hold or on standby and somebody's going to come help. But again, we're in a place that nobody else is except these um, tourists. You can go to the ocean. There's like four or five different beaches. So I can't remember which beach we're in the last one. And uh, Judah had picked it because it was most known for the best. When the tide's out, you see the best starfish and things. And so that's why we picked that one. But there was one of many. So then, um, after that, I'm praying, God, send angels. Please send angels. I don't know if he's going to live. I don't know what's going on at this point. And uh, the next thing I know, um, in the midst of a lot of stuff, some, God sends somebody for Chris to lean his, his body on. The whole time he was sitting down in that pool, he was able to lean on somebody's leg. His wife and him were on vacation. Then another family came by who just happened to be a, a paramedic, and his wife was a pediatric nurse. And so she checked out Serenity, and he went up there to help Chris figures some things out. And then the next family that comes along is this man talking to his wife and their kids dressed kind of nice. And I look at them kind of discussing things and I'm like, wait a minute, are you a doctor? And he says, well, actually I'm an orthopedic surgeon. And I went, well, that's exactly what we need. And so can you please help my husband? And so um, he went and helped and then they formed this this line where all those men around there, my, my sons threw off, you can see they're barefoot up there. They threw off their socks and shoes. They've been helping the whole time. Chris was in that water for like an hour with no pain meds. And then he was, he had no pain meds for quite a long time, but specifically in the water for about an hour. The tide begins to come in. We're like, we got to get him out of here. And I'm, I'm too far away. Like this picture doesn't really do justice to where I'm at because I can barely see him, just a little bit of his head. And he would send the boys over, tell your mom I'm okay and I love her, you know, in the midst of what he was going through. But anyways, so they, the, the men there, the orthopedic surgeon and the paramedics and whatever, told my sons to go and find the men that have shown up. So they went and gathered these men and anybody that had a cloth belt, they took it and they wrapped it around Chris's legs and certain points of his body to make a a brace sort of sorts to make some sort of brigade thing where they would you know, hoist him this way. The two would switch to the front and they'd keep going like that and they'd hoist him and hoist him until he was out of the tide pool all the way along the rocks back to the beach over here. It was a long kind of way where he fell. So I think that's a really important faith part because God provided the people we needed in that moment. So A lot of people told me right away, they're like, the devil did this. And I was like, um... <laughs> it doesn't really matter what, how I'm it happens. I'm not going to argue with you, <laughs> yeah. but I'm um, like, my whole like perspective on that is just a little higher and you know like working through God being sovereign over all things in some measure or another you know like I, I I've I've gone through hard things before and and I made a choice like right away I was like I am gonna choose praise I'm gonna choose God is still good like it, even if just hear me out here. Like, even if he did it to me, he's still good because he still sees the bigger picture. And even if it doesn't make good sense in my mind of what good is supposed to look like, it's still okay. 
I still love him. I still serve him. I still follow him. My life is still his. And he can do whatever he wants with it, whether I think it's how it should go or not. I'm like, that was a choice I made. While I'm flying in a helicopter, I used to be a flight paramedic, worked in helicopters, did not want to ever get in a helicopter for the rest of my life. I'm just saying, like, it wasn't even appealing to me to go on a tour and sightsee. And here I am in a helicopter with a broken leg. Like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. And finally, so, finally he got pain meds in the helicopter. And I got a free helicopter ride. Well, not, it wasn't free. But I got a helicopter <laughs> ride with Chris. My first helicopter ride. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so I had surgery the next day. It was kind of a complicated situation. We were staying in hotels. Our friends from Rapid City came and helped out our family a lot. Uh, it, it was just, it was a crazy moment. But Lori had to leave because the kids were all at the hotel. And so... Um, after I got done with this surgery that took twice as long as it was supposed to, it was kind of crazy. It was like six hours. I wake up in the middle of the night, nurse comes in the room and, and she's like, it's time for your pain medicine. Like, what's your name and date of birth? And I look at my wristband and I'm like, this has the wrong name on it. Like this says my name is Victor. I'm like, my name is Christopher. And she's like, well... When you come into the hospital and you're a trauma patient, you can get a, an alias name and it's a weird thing. Like they name everybody, I mean, they name people weird things like Hurricane and just what, I mean, they'll name anybody anything. But they named you Victor. And I was like, wow. I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm like going through this like Genesis 32. Like that was that like, what? Like Victor is one who triumphs over his enemies. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, let's do this. So Lori comes in the hospital the next day and they won't let her in. She's like, my husband's here. His name is Chris Bruce. And they're like, we don't have anybody by that name. And so she's like, she calls me and I'm like, tell them my name is Victor. They'll let you in. I'm like, say it, just say it. My name is Victor. And so they I did. got in. So she got, anyway. Um, so apparently God is still in the business of actually changing names and dishing out blessings, but sometimes you got to wrestle for it. And sometimes when you walk away from that wrestling match, I'm doing pretty good today, but sometimes you have a limp. Yeah, it changes you a little bit. Like, I still feel it. Most of the time I walk pretty normal, but I sometimes. feel it every day. Some days, it, oh, if I sit in the car for a couple hours, I'm like, oh, this is bad. When the cold weather, ugh, I loved being in Hawaii. We were just in Hawaii. It was amazing. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to walk in victory. Amen. Like, I'm actually convinced of it more than I ever have been in my entire life. And I'm like, I don't even care. The devil thinks he wants to mess with me. Like, he's going to have to deal with my father. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, again, the Lord disciplines those he loves. There's a, there's a pruning element through this, and it, and it requires an abiding to be able to go through something like this and be like, I'm good. I've got joy. I can praise him, because I thought I was going to die one day in the hospital. I, li I literally did. I had a blood transfusion, didn't help. I passed out when they tried to stand me up. I mean, I was in the hospital way longer than they thought I should be. And what did I do when I got to my lowest point? I flip on my, my phone, play the song Gratitude that we sang this morning, and, I sit, and I'm in my hospital, and I throw up my hands. <laughs> I praise you again, again. <laughs> if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to die, but I'm going to praise you while I die. It's fine. No, it was so sad. I walked in at that moment. It was very traumatic. He was I looked pale. Horrible. He was, There's a picture of it. There yeah, I am. There, yeah. yeah, there it is. You guys might have seen this one. I think Sean used this one, didn't he? Yeah, this is that one. But that was a choice. I mean, I made a choice at that moment. I was like, I'm going to praise. I am going to praise. If I die, I don't even care. I, literally, I was just like, Amen. that day, I had to turn around. And you were certified manly. I was certified manly. I got out of bed the, in the hospital <laughs> the next day. I got out of bed. Like My body started working again. The next day, I got discharged from the hospital. You can go to the next slide. Uh, 
I was not going to let go of praising and worship. And so I had a worship jam session while I was in bed. I couldn't even get out of bed. But I laid in bed and played my guitar and sang my heart out to Jesus. Why? Because he's worthy. I was in a lot of pain. Let me tell you, that, that hurt. But he's worthy. Like that didn't, that mattered less than praising Jesus in that moment. You can keep going. Uh, that one's sideways, sorry. Um, that was me. I was so determined to lead worship. I, we, we had connected with a church in Washington, and I was like, please, I know this is going to be horrendous, but please, will you just let me come to your church and lead a half an hour of worship? I just have to. Like, I'm like getting out, climbing out on my walker, just like I can barely move. It hurts. I'm sitting on 14 cushions like the princess and the pea, but I did it. <laughs> I was like, I am like, if this, if God says you bring revival forever, everywhere you sing and play, I'm going for it. Like, I don't care if I sound horrible and I'm crying halfway through because I'm in so much pain. Go ahead to the next one. So uh, through this time, I was just like pushing, pushing. I'm like, I got to get to Oregon. I got to get to Oregon. We had, or we had to cancel a few events. We got to Oregon July 9th. We did an outdoor event with David's Tent, Oregon. This was the first time I stood for two hours and did worship, like, I just, like, I couldn't let go. I had to go after this. You can go to the next one. They told us, um, this is a circuit rider uh, outside of the Oregon Capitol. It's amazing how many of our Capitol buildings have godly Christian heritage things. You can go to the next one. We're circuit riders, by the way. We will ride. This was inside the Oregon Capitol building. They closed the entire building to the public till 2025 because they're retrofitting it. It's under construction to be earthquake-proof. They said, nobody can come in. We still got in. God can do it. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't let go until I got the blessing that God said, I want you in every Capitol building. I'm like, Lord, you make a way. And he did. He made a way. We got in. You can go to the next one. This is with our good friend, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. We got to partner with Sandy in North Dakota. We did an event inside the Capitol building with her. You can go to the next one. There's another, just another side. We partnered with Aglow because that was actually part of Lori's dream. There was a partner, some partnership with Aglow in that. So we did the event with them there. And then next slide, same day we did, uh, this is just so you can see the massiveness of this building in North Dakota. It's kind of a weird capital. But we went outside and did another event the same day on the steps. You can go to the next one. You know, our events aren't super big, <laughs> like in size of uh, numbers of people. But we feel God thundering and moving and shaking things as we go to these places and just stand and declare God is good and his righteousness and his kingdom is what rules and reigns every place we go. You can go to the next one. I wanted South Dakota to have a double portion. So we partnered again with Sandy. We were able to do another one in the Capitol building of South Dakota and Pierre. Woo, we got a double portion here. Next slide. We're just going like dominoes after this. I was so determined. This was the first time I stood for two hours and didn't feel pain. This was Montana. You can go to the next one. That's outside Montana's capital. I have a, a cane, if you can kind of see it. I left my cane in Montana. I don't know. I was filling up with gas and just left it at a gas station. I was like, well, I guess I don't need that anymore. Like, let's just keep going. So next slide. We kept going. We went to Idaho. We had all the permission we were supposed to have. We set up inside, and then somebody in the security came and said, you don't have authority to do this. And we were like, I have a permit. And they're like, the person who wrote your permit doesn't have authority in the rotunda, just everywhere else in the Capitol building. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, what am I supposed to do? So we went out. We tore it all down, went outside, put it back up on the steps. Next slide. Had a hour of worship on the 95 degree day outside the capital so of Utah, <laughs> but I'm not quitting. Like I am so determined. We, a couple of us felt like we were going to pass out that day. It was so hot and we were just, it was horrible. Okay. Next slide. So we, I mean, we stopped at some other places just as a, as a quick reference point. This was a tent in the desert salt flats of Utah. One of the nights a lady got healed. Um, she couldn't lift her arms above her head and it was just during worship She's like flailing her arms around, screaming and shouting, and she wasn't even saved. Like her sister brought her to the tent, God healed her, she got saved, healed, delivered, like boom, yeah. Um, and we've stopped at different places along this journey besides the capitals, and we've just seen God doing these great things. You can go to the next slide. This is in the Utah capital. Next slide. Just another perspective, I think, in the Utah. 
you can go to the next one. There's a couple of them in Utah. So again, our events aren't super big, but there was a guy from the governor's office that joined us for this worship time. It was really special. He thanked us for being there at the end. And keep going. I think there's a couple more in Utah. Keep going. Okay, there's New Mexico. We we just felt like we should kind of roll through the Rocky Mountain region. We had zero contacts in New Mexico, uh, but we had just basically tried to kind of use, again, our GLOW connection, and so reached out to some GLOW people. Ended up having, you know, 10 people join us or whatever, and uh, actually it was just amazing. It was a really special time. Um, there's, I mean, I tell you, we fight battles when we go to these places. We're literally on some front lines of some crazy spiritual stuff. But we feel the breakthrough, and, and it's like when, we, when people come, one of these guys is like one of the main intercessors in New Mexico, and he's like, man, if I would have known, I could have put you on TV, and I could have done all this stuff, and had you on the radio, and we could have had a big event, and I was like, you know, I'm not here for that. I'm just not. I'm not here for that. I'm here for Jesus. He asked us to do this. We don't have to have it be big. It doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't have to be special. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about actually just showing up, putting our feet on the ground and saying, your kingdom come, your will be done in this place on earth as it is in heaven. So next slide. Lori dancing in the capitals. She does that. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite things. Next slide. Uh, we got, went back to Colorado, uh, had an amazing little celebration with the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, which is actually connected to Thanksgiving, just FYI. There's a little rumor about that, of how Thanksgiving got started. Um, it was such a sweet time. We are actually, we've had three prophetic words this year in different places we've gone that we're going to go to Israel. So we're excited about that. Um, next slide. This is Wyoming. Again, like we got approval four days before that we were just setting up here in this picture. Four days before we came, you can go to the next slide. Uh, there was three people from Wyoming with us there, but it was a precious time in God's presence, and boy, those people could pray. It was special. We had all three of the people that were with us there. There was a couple people that trickled in and out that were just visiting the Capitol, but um, they all prayed. It was, it was just really, like every time we go to these places and do these things, it's a precious time in God's presence. Um, you can go to the next slide. That's outside of Wyoming. Yeah, God's going to wake up his Wyoming church. They're, they're going to get wake, woken up. Yep. Next slide. Okay, so we went to Hawaii. This is in Hawaii. We were in, This guy, is uh, his name is Sam DeWald. He's traveling to every capital to do some declarations connecting states to support Israel. Lord gave Lori a word that day, and she's like, I don't know if I don't even have a place to share this. We just kind of went to this meeting last minute. And then he invited Lori and I up to, um, she was able to release the word she had. It was just kind of this like neat connection of with another person who's doing the 50 state capital tour thing. Um, you can go to the next slide. So we, oh, there's a sideways one. We opened that up. I'm blowing a conch shell. It's a, a poo in Hawaiian. They say it's a poo, P-U. Um, and so I had a dream that I pulled a, a conch shell out of my backpack and was blowing it at a revival meeting connected to Hawaii. So I was like, hey, let's just do this. You can go to the next slide. Their uh, capital is open air, so their that's their rotunda, but it has an open top. It was just, again, it was precious. It, it felt uh, like we were in an international place, uh, taking our stand, declaring that Jesus reigns above all of these things. And so, uh, next slide. We went to Surfer's Church. The guy there uh, supplied us with a sound system. I mean, it was a miraculous story that we were able to get to Hawaii, get all the things we needed, because we couldn't bring all our gear. Uh, but we got connected with this church. These guys, uh, it's kind of a like a YWAM type thing, but it's, a, it's just a little different. It's connected to surfing. But they go to different nations and share the gospel. And so we got to do a service with them, and wow, breakthrough with their group. So um, I think, is that the end? There it is. <laughs> and um, when we were in Hawaii, the sergeant at arms came up to us, and uh, they there was no legislators really at that time, and at this time there's no legislators. So it was actually they said a really strategic time that we came to Hawaii because it was right before the elections, and Hawaii's local church body of Christ was really really praying for a move of God in their state. And they're often the last state, you know, that we get the voting results on. And they're often, 
you know, the presidential election's often called before they ever finish voting. You know, so there's this, this a little bit, I think, of sadness there, but the sergeant of arms came out and she said, I saw the day that your application came across my boss's office. She said, I, or his desk, I don't have any authority to say anything about who gets to be in the Hawaii Capitol or, or not in the rotunda, but I've never seen this before ever, and I've worked here for, I want to say 20 plus years, and he approved your application the day it came in. And not only that, he messaged us and asked, do you want sound amplification for your event? Of course we do, within, within one working day. That never happened, she said, the Sergeant of Arms, which was a really big testimony, because God's getting us into these spaces and places. He's doing it. We're just following, but he's making the way, so. Yeah, thank you. Sorry we kind of took that a little long, but um, I just, I just want to just close that with, you know, there's a million little decisions that we've had to make along this journey, and they all come back to Jesus, all of them. And that's what our life is built on. Like, I don't want to go back to a life that it's hard to not know where we're going always and what we're doing. Uh, but he's faithful. He's good. He takes care of us. He's really the source of what we need to get through every season of life. And I want to encourage you guys too. Like, in your secret place, get connected to Jesus. In your corporate gatherings, get connected to Jesus because he's going to get you through it all. He's the only one that can.